morning. I have no more chocolate for you, I'm sorry. My name is John, my pronouns are him, he, and his. If we've never met before, um, I am a polarizing public figure talking about faith and politics. I need you to know that that was not the plan. If you're here and your plan is to be a polarizing public figure talking about faith and politics, then you need prayer and a better plan. I am a 25-year local church pastor, and I now travel the country talking to people about the ways of compassion and mercy and love and justice, and you are such people. That's why you're here today. Um, traveling that much, I get to do something that many people would be jealous of. I get to take planes all the time. You see, that has not really always been good news for me because I'm not what you would call that strong a flyer. Something happens and I'm sitting on the plane and I suddenly realize that I'm in a large metal tube hurling through space and I become uneasy. But once in a while, I will have a good flight. I was flying to Albuquerque, New Mexico and I was having a really good flight for someone who's sure they're gonna die in an airplane. And I'm in my little elementary school sized chair I've got my Dixie cup full of soda, my Barbie doll size bag of pretzels, and I've got some music in and I'm enjoying myself, but my enjoyment is interrupted by a voice, and it's the voice of the pilot. Now, I know this because he says, uh, folks, this is the pilot speaking. I'd like the flight attendants to suspend drink service. I'd like you to return to your seats, fasten your seatbelts because we're about to hit a little chop. You know that word, right? That's not a good word when you're on an airplane. And he says it again. He says, he talks about some weather that we're approaching as if we already weren't in weather. But he says, we're approaching some weather and it's about to get a little choppy. And I understand what choppy means. Choppy is pilot speak for we are about to be shaken like a snow globe in the hands of an angry toddler, right? <laughs> choppy means I'm about to contemplate, contemplate my mortality one more time while wedged between two strangers. Choppy means I'm about to make a lot of promises to God. What I'll do if we land safely, none of which I intend to keep, right? But the pilot was very matter-of-factly giving us a message. He was telling us in his way, hold on, prepare yourselves, turbulence is coming. Now, I grew up in the Christian faith, and that was not an unfamiliar idea because there's this story of Jesus, and he's with his students, and he's trying to encourage them because he's going to leave them. And he says, I'm going to tell you all these things because in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome it. So Jesus was telling his students and those of us who would follow in the ways of compassion and mercy and love and justice, hold on, prepare yourselves, turbulence is coming. So two days ago, I flew here from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I brought you a message. Hold on. Hold on, prepare yourselves. Turbulence is coming. Actually, I'm a little bit late, aren't I? Turbulence took the earlier flight out to Reading, didn't it? You, you have no turbulence. You actually have to fly in and then drive. Because if I say the word turbulence to you, I bet you understand what I'm talking about. In fact, when I say the word turbulence, you can name exactly who and what is causing the shaking in you. Because these are incredibly turbulent days in our nation. Because the conflict is greater. The relational fractures are deeper. 
Vulnerable people are even more vulnerable than ever. And you can name exactly who and what is the source of your shaking today. And see, that's the truth is most of us at any given moment we are experiencing storms. We are all experiencing the shaking of being human. As we live alongside people and we find our identities and we live into those and we love others and we engage the world and we encounter injustice, we are going to experience turbulence in the form of opposition and conflict and difficulties, things that bring worry and, and fear and anxiety. And here's the problem, friends. Fear and turbulence are a package deal. The storms come and they create anxiety and unrest in us because we are not prepared for them, even if we try to be. And fear, friends, can be very persuasive, can it? Fear knows exactly what buttons to push in us, all our insecurities, all our worries, all our places of vulnerability. Now this is true of the actual storms, the weather disturbances that come to our house. See, I, I live with other living things in my house. So one of them is our dog. And our dog can tell me when a storm is coming. I know this because we can't find the dog and the dog will be in the bathtub. <laughs> I'll look for the dog and I'll say, where's the dog? Can't find the dog and look in the bathtub and I'll say, ooh, storm's coming. It's like a little furry meteorologist. She's got her own Doppler, right? So she's there and she's frozen. My daughter, Selah, who is now 10, she has a completely different response. When she was about six and we'd hear the thunder, she would come, I'd hear a scream from wherever she was in the house, and she'd come running in, hyperventilating, and she was crying, and she was frantic. Two responses to the storms. My dog, frozen. My daughter, frantic. These are the two ways that we experience the storms of this life. We other become frozen, unable to move, or frantic, unable to rest. We are either completely paralyzed with the things that shake us or our hearts never stop racing and our minds never stop moving. And I wonder how you enter this place. I wonder what the storms have done in you lately. Are you frozen and unable to move? Are you frantic, unable to rest? Because I want you to know the love that holds us all doesn't want you to stay at either place for very long. This fear is universal. It comes with our operating systems. None of us in this room are immune to fear. None of us can escape its debilitating side effects. Our politics and our religion, the color of our skin, the amount of zeros in our paycheck, none of those things fully protects us from the shaking that comes. Do you feel the shaking today? Circumstances come and they bring storms. People come and they bring storms. Turbulence happens and fear is waiting in it. And the positively gut-wrenching thing about fear is that we don't ever outgrow it, do we? See, I'm going to confess something to you. When I was five years old, I was deathly afraid of one of the Sesame Street Muppets. <laughs> I don't want to tell you which one. I don't want to prejudice you. 
But I would be terrified of one of these Muppets and I would have nightmares. But I recently turned 50 years old and I'm happy to say that I've overcome my fear of Muppets, friends. Hallelujah. But see, fear matures along with us. Our nightmares grow up as we do. Our childhoods may have been plagued with vampires and monsters beneath the bed, and those things seem largely ridiculous to our adult selves, right? Except for circus clowns. They're still terrifying. (laughs) We don't jettison fear as we get older. We just trade it in for more age-appropriate models. Our, Our childhoods may leave behind creepy baby dolls and shadowed boogeymen in the closet, but we pick up different fears. We pick up fear of financial disaster. We pick up fear of relational collapse. We pick up fear of war. We pick up the fear of dying alone. We pick up the fear of worrisome spots on CAT scans. And as a result, we are always susceptible to a poverty of courage and a wealth of fear. As I've been talking, you've been thinking about the things that shake you right now. You've been thinking about the turbulence that you are being subjected to, but I want you to think about something else as you do. I want you to think about the turbulence of other people that you are called to step into. The shaking around you that you can enter into and actually bring peace to. Because right now we live in the tension between the peace givers and the fear bringers. We see the fear bringers everywhere, preying on the vulnerable, leveraging people's prejudices, heightening the things, highlighting the things that make us different. The fear bringers are working overtime right now. And so the peace givers need to do the same. In his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, African-American theologian Howard Thurman says that fear is universal, but not all fear is created equal. He said that some fear is greater because some people don't have the buffers to fear that other people do. He says that the fears of marginalized, vulnerable communities are far greater than many of us can ever imagine. Because Thurman says that helplessness is the greatest fear of all. The feeling that not just circumstances are bad, but that the whole system is rigged against me. He says the ever-present fear that besets the vast poor, the economically and socially insecure, is a fear of a very different breed. It is a climate closing in. And what I've learned going through half a century of life is that privilege is a buffer to fear and that I am greatly buffered. As a cisgender, heterosexual white man born in America who identifies as a Christian, I have the privilege bundle, I call it. It doesn't mean that I won't experience difficulty. It means I'll never understand what it's like to walk through this world as a gay man. It doesn't mean that I won't have incredible shaking in my life. It just means I'll never understand the fear of being a Muslim American at this place and time. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to struggle. It just means that I'll never know what it's like to be a woman living in this world. And so whatever bundle of privilege that you and I have, people of faith and morality and conscience, our jobs are to leverage that privilege 
to learn stories and to bring peace and to push away fear. We do that by demanding justice. We do that by engaging the world. We do that by raising our voices when being silent would allow us more comfort. Where does your fear come from? It comes from the feeling that you can't control your circumstances, right? If I lose control, I'm going to fill that space with fear. That's why turbulence on an airplane is so disturbing to me because I realize that I can do nothing to change my circumstances. I was getting on the flight to Albuquerque that day and I texted my event host and I said, getting on the plane. And she texted me what she thought were encouraging words to me. You've texted these words to people. You've spoken these words. You've received these words. She said, okay, be safe. (laughs) I texted back. I said, I'm just going to be sitting here. (laughs) You tell that to the pilot and the weather. See, the pilot and the weather are outside of my control, and it's easy to think that my peace or my fear rests in the things outside of my control, but that's not true, is it? The truth is, I can control my response to the shaking. I can control my inner weather. This is what it means to be a person of faith and morality and conscience, that I can actually decide in the middle of the shaking to feel stillness. There's a story that I grew up with in my Christian faith. If you don't know it, it's okay. I'm going to paraphrase it. So there's Jesus. He's a teacher. He's well-loved. He has students with him. He's got about 12 at this time. And he says to them, listen, let's get in a boat ride and go across the water. It's a three-hour tour. What could go wrong, right? (laughs) And the story goes that they get in the boat. Everything's great. And all of a sudden, the storm kicks up and the wind and the waves come. And the boat, they says, is nearly swamped. And so these young students, they're panicking, right? And so they're looking for Jesus. They're like, Jesus, take the wheel here. And they can't find him. And they look, and Jesus is in the back of the boat sleeping on a cushion. So they wake him up. And then they said, Jesus, don't you worry. We're drowning here. What's going on? And and Jesus says, oh, you don't have any faith. What's going on here? And then it says that he says, peace be still to the wind and the waves. And then they're saying, oh, great. Jesus came through. (laughs) I've always loved that story because it's a living parable of fear. Because these young people, they actually experience a flood of fear. And what happens when the storm kicks up, they do what we do, they panic. And they allow what they see to make them forget what they know. Because in that story, they knew Jesus and they knew what he, who he was and his character and his love for them. And yet they forget. And I wonder if you've forgotten what you know because of what you see every day. I wonder if you have allowed yourself to be so frozen or so frantic that you can no longer remember what you really believe about this journey that we're on and the love that holds us all together. Because these young people, they're freaking out, right? They're freaking out in the storm and Jesus is in the back of the boat. He's power napping. Not because he doesn't care about them, but he just knows who he is and he has the storm right right-sized. He understands the storm, which is actually helpful. That's why the pilot, he's fine with the turbulence because he has it right-sized. I want to give you some symptoms 
of the shaking. Symptoms to know whether or not the turbulence has gotten the best of you. Irritability, impatience, physical illness, addictive behavior, emotional eating, the inability to be present to people who love you, a fixation on social media, an obsession with how bad things are. I'm going to read that to you again. Irritability, impatience, physical illness, emotional eating, addictive behavior, the inability to be present to people who love you, an obsession with social media, a fixation on how bad things are. Do you have any of those? Because I got you beat. This is a sign that the turbulence has taken you over. This is a sign to you that you need to reclaim the peace that is available to you today. Whether your turbulence is delivered by a cruel family member or a former friend or a stranger on social media or a predatory politician or a brimstone preacher or a political reality, whatever is causing the shaking in you, remembering who you are and whose you are is critical. Remembering that you are a once in history, never to be repeated creation and that you have been invited on this journey by a love that does hold us all. Because in the story that I grew up with, it's great because these young people are really upset and they, they wake up Jesus and he said, okay, here on this journey, the menu is really limited. You have fear or you have faith. Which would you like today? And it sounds simple, but we can't hold both of those things at the same time. So what do you want to hold today? <laughs> do you want to hold peace or do you want to hold on to fear? And I don't want to hold fear any longer. Because the story that I grew up with tells me that there is awe and wonder on the other side, that there is peace waiting on the shore. And in my tradition, do not fear is the most common command I'm given, and yet it's the one I follow the least. I told you that my daughter used to be frantic in the storm. She isn't anymore. Because one day, while she was six, and she was having a panic attack in the storm, I said, let's go outside and sit on the porch. And I sat her down, and I held her in my arms, and I started to describe the thunder and the lightning. I started to explain what caused it. And then something happened. She started to slow her breathing. Her heart rate returned to normal. And I felt her weight just rest into my arms. And you know what happens now that she's almost 10? Whenever the storms come, whenever the thunder comes, she burst into my room and said, let's go sit outside. Because that's our time together now. Because I did two things for her. I let her know that I would be present with her in the storm. And I explained it and I right-sized the threat to her. Do you trust that there is a presence with you in the things that shake you? Have you had the storm right-sized yet, or is it still much larger than you can handle? Because there is shaking in you, and there is shaking in the world. And in times of great turbulence, we, people of faith and morality and conscience, we need to maybe become the turbulence to the fear bringers. We need to become the turbulence to those who deny other people's humanity. 
We may need to become the turbulence to those who exclude and discriminate against someone based on an unchangeable part of who they are. We need to become the turbulence for people we know and love who claim faith in a higher power or into a God of compassion or to a Jesus who is of love and yet do not resemble those things any longer. With our hands and our voices and our resources and our platforms, we must risk becoming the turbulence to the powerful and the privileged, even if it means looking in the mirror. We, not someone else, we need to be the kind of people who will decrease the shaking in the world, who will bring peace to those who have no peace. May you have your fears right-sized. May you be a peace giver and not a fear bringer. May you be willing to engage the turbulence of others. May you be willing to become the turbulence. May you find rest in your storms because the question is not whether or not you will be placed in storms, it's how much of the storms you're gonna be allowed to place within you. Because may you see all the things that shake you in the eyes of a love that made you and holds you and holds us all. In the eyes of that love, it's just a little chop. May you hear the voice of one who knows you and loves you saying, in the unrest, peace be still. In the fear, peace be still. In the politics, peace be still. In your religion, peace be still. In your home, peace be still. On the news, peace be still. Everywhere you place yourself, claim that peace. The world needs people of peace right now more than ever. Hold it and then give it. Amen. like a copy of the transcript of this sermon, you can find most week's messages at www.uuberks.org sermons. If you have any thoughts or conversation about today's message, we hope you'll take a moment to stop by our Facebook page and share them. And from all of us at First UU Berks, may this chalice light your path and guide your way until you join us again.